So it's not against the law to say that. It may be politically incorrect, but it's biblically correct to say Merry Christmas. Amen? Amen. So Merry Christmas, uh, East County, North County, San Ysidro. We have a new microsite in El Centro. We want to say hello to everybody in El Centro. God bless y'all. And also in uh, Coronado and Thristol and everybody else, everywhere else we have microsites. We have 35 microsites, which are mini churches all around, well, they're in the Philippines and Hawaii, El Centro, San Diego. So they're all over the place. So God bless you. And uh, let's give all, and all the people in the military as well. Let's give them a big hand. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's get on our knees. We got a lot to do today. Amen. Anybody got knee problems today? <laughs> Lord, we just pray for nimble knees. We pray you would heal knees. Seriously, that you would heal knees, that you would clear up bursa sacs, which are the lubrications of our joints, that you would heal ACLs, MCLs, meniscus, the capsule that surrounds our knee. We pray you would heal it in people's legs, that you give us our little kids' knees so we could sit in the Indian stance, Indian seat position that I can't do anymore. Lord, thank you so much for an amazing year. And as we prepare to go into 2015, I pray we would pray, we would, you would reveal to us how we could be more faithful to you. And we would be more thankful for everything you've done in our life. Bless all, everyone listening on all our campuses, all our microsites online around the world. Thank you for them and pray you bless them in your own special, sovereign, amazing way. Holy Spirit, we pray you speak to us. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Jesus, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Let's see your Bibles. If you're a visitor, what we do is we hold up our Bibles and we say words. So on three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I have a very um, simple rhetorical question. Rhetorical means you kind of ask a question knowing the answer, but you got to ask it anyway. By a show of hands, how many of you want to go to hell? One, two, three, four. Five. Well, if you want to go to hell, you, have, you don't have to come here. You could just leave. Maybe you didn't understand the question, but if, if you want to go to hell, I get it. I get it. We have people, just for the people in other sites, we had about 30 people here raise their hand. I'll say it again. I'll slow, and then I'll pause, and then I'll ask. I, I don't want to hope to trick you. Maybe you got tricked. It wasn't a trick question, right? It was pretty clear. Was it clear? Okay. So i ask it again. How many of you want, you're already raising your hand. Okay. You want to go to hell? How come? Hell. You know, God gave us two ears for a reason. Okay. <laughs> How many of you want to go to H-E double two spicks where the devil's going? Hell. Anybody? Hell. 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 Anybody want to go to hell? Okay. Thank you. Whew. How many of you want to go to heaven? 
Okay, 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 okay. So if you're a visitor, we've been, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer. The series is called What If? What if we really prayed what Jesus told us to pray and what if it really happened? We didn't just say it, but it really happened. And in the Lord's Prayer, if you look at uh, chapter 6, verse 9, the first thing Jesus said to do when you pray is to acknowledge that God's in heaven and that his name is holy. Our Father who art in heaven, holy or hallowed is your name. And then he said, which is the focus of this, this, this today's series, uh, sermon and next week and the last week, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you to think about this. If Jesus is telling us to ask for thy kingdom to come, what kingdom are we in now? In other words, he's saying, I want you to ask me to send something that you don't have. Now, last week we, we, we talked about the fact that he's, if he's telling us to send the kingdom and for us to pray for the kingdom, that he intends to give it to us. Now, we know when he comes back, there's a new heaven and new earth. There's going to be the consummation of the full kingdom. But even now, his kingdom can come in our life. We can experience the kingdom now. But if that's true, what kingdom are we in now that we need his kingdom? Now, the devil has a kingdom and God has a kingdom. And today we're going to look at the comparison between the two kingdoms. Now, all of you said you want to live in God's kingdom. And I want to challenge you, it's not only after you die, you're going to experience his kingdom now. Which is what Jesus is saying, thy kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven now. And again, it's not the full kingdom. This is not kingdom now theology where we can have the full kingdom without Christ coming back. But you can experience the kingdom of God. And so we're going to make a distinction between the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God because Satan does have a kingdom. But he wraps it in sugar. In other words, he makes it real sweet. Uh, the devil can disguise himself in a sexy voice. How you doing? <laughs> he could put it in a nice smile, nice hair. He could wrap it in some money and bling. But it's still the devil's kingdom. I'm, I'm not saying every sexy voice, all bling and nice things are from the devil. I'm just saying that's what he can do. Can I get Amen. Ladies, you know, you've, you've met that guy. And, and, and fellas, we met that girl. Can, can I get amen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes the devil getting us when we're getting dressed. Yeah, he going to look at this. Mm, he going to want this. I'm not saying that's satanic all the time. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do something different today. We're going to, we're going to uh, look at a bunch of verses on the screen. I have like 90 million verses to read. And instead of trying to find it because it will take us all day, we're going to put them on the screen. You're going to have to read. So you're just going to bear with me. We have a bunch of verses that are going to just tell us what the two kingdoms have in common. But then we're going to have some verses that tell us the differences between the two kingdoms. And what's very important to understand is that the reason Jesus is saying, pray thy kingdom come, is because what he wants to do is undo the impact of the devil's kingdom on your life now. In other words, when, you, when we start reading about the devil's kingdom, you're going to realize I'm experiencing some of that. God wants to cleanse it from your life. He doesn't want you to just suffer through it and say, I'll go to heaven and I'll be better then. Now, when you go to heaven, you will be completely better, but you can overcome a lot of it now. That's what, being, that's what being purified, sanctified, transformed is all about. But you have to understand what the kingdom is because my bet, and I don't need my bet, I know that we're all, because we live in this world, a fallen world, we're surrounded by the devil's kingdom. 
We got, and some of us have one foot in one kingdom and the other foot in the other kingdom. And we need to say, I need to get out of this kingdom. I need to be only living for Jesus. And you need to know what it is. Because you may, you may ignorantly just be accepting it as part of your life. Okay? So a couple of verses. We're going to look at uh, uh, seven characteristics that they have in common. Number one, both Satan's kingdom and God's kingdom. Both Satan and God have a kingdom. Matthew 12, 26. It will all be on the screen. Matthew 12, 26 says, if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How will his kingdom stand? Satan has a kingdom. God has a kingdom. Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So they both have a kingdom. Everybody say, Satan and God have a kingdom. Say, Satan, both kingdoms have a king. Ephesians 2, 2, it says, and you he made alive who were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is the devil. He is the, he's the king of his kingdom. Revelation 17, 14 says the Lord is the king of his kingdom. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is the Lord of lords, the king of kings. Jesus is the king of kings. Amen. Can I get an amen? Both kingdoms have a throne. Revelation 2.13, I know your works, where you dwell and where Satan's throne is. God has a throne. Revelation 20, verse 11, and then I saw a great white throne and, on, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. Both kingdoms organized, have organized armies. Ephesians 6.12 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. God has an army. So he said, no, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua faced the commander of the Lord's army, which is Jesus himself. Both kingdoms have children. There are some of you, well, we all know people, and some of you may be one of the devil's kids. We were all born that way. Look, it says, it, Jesus said in 8, John 8, 44, you, he's talking to the religious leaders who deny his deity, you are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. But then in John 1, 12, it says those who, who believe in Christ are God's children. It says, but as many as received him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. A couple weeks ago I said that not everybody's a child of God, that only people accept Christ. And I, some people walked out because culturally everybody's a child of God. Biblically, the people who are children of God are those who receive him. Right there. But as many as received him, Christ, together he gave them the right to become children of God and those who believe in his name. Both kingdoms have a realm. The devil tempting Christ said to him, all authority I will give you and their glory of all the kings of the earth. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Authority over the earth was given to him when Adam and Eve sinned and denied their responsibility to have dominion over the earth. Matthew 28, 18, all authority now has Christ. He has brought it back with his death and resurrection. Jesus said, all authority has now been given to me in heaven and earth. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. amen. And finally, the thing they have in common, both kingdoms oppose each other. Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned to Peter. When Peter was telling Jesus he was not going to die, he said, get behind me, Satan. You are not, you are an offense, you are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. 
Jesus equated the things of men and the mentality of man with the mentality of the devil. There's only two kingdoms, the devil's kingdom and God's kingdom. You're either in one or the other. So if you're thinking for yourself, you're thinking with, in line with the devil, which is opposed to God. You're either thinking opposed to, uh, in a favor of God or opposed to God. And when Jesus said, I'm going to die, be arrested, be beaten, and be crucified, Peter, good intention, said, no, you're not. And he said, get behind me, Satan. He didn't say, get behind me, idiot. I'd be like, man, God, why can't I be an idiot? Why I got to be the devil? <laughs> because anything against my plan is in favor of the devil's plan. So when you say, when I talk about living in the devil's kingdom, you're probably thinking, you know, skull and crossbones, sacrificing animals, demonic, Satan worship. Uh-uh. The devil is very subtle. He's very subtle. And we've all known people who have smiled in our face and stabbed us in the back. That's how the devil does. You know, he just, hey, hey, yeah, you, you're so good. You're so this, you're so that. Can't stand her. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I give myself away. She thinks to y'all that I can't stand her. I give myself away. You know, hypocrites are in the church. That, that is a true thing. But this is where hypocrites need to be. But you need to leave, not hypocrite. <laughs> you need to come here to get unhypocritized and then, and then be better, okay? <laughs> what I want to talk about for the next few minutes is the are the differences between the two kingdoms and have to understand a couple of things. When you hear the differences of the two kingdoms, which we just kind of went through a bunch of them, you have to understand that God wants to undo the impact of the devil's kingdom on your life. That's what salvation is. He's saving you from being a slave to that. That's what he wants to do. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, we're not only praying, Lord, please come back and give us new heaven and new earth. We're praying, I want to experience it now. I want you to restore my marriage now. I want you to restore my perception of my life now. I want you to restore my relationships now. I want you to help me deal with disappointment now. That's what it's about. Okay, so number one in your notes, well, number one, the differences, the differences. One, Satan is a murderer. Everyone say Satan's a murderer. You have to understand he is a murderer. You do not want to do deals with murderers. John 8, 44, just look in your notes, the verses will be on the screen. It says, you are your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He is a murderer. What does, that want, what does that mean? Not only does he want you dead in your grave, he wants to kill your dream. He wants to kill your relationships. He wants to kill your, your, your passion for life, your hope, your health, your trust in God. He wants to kill all that. That's what he does. He is a murderer. God is the author of life. Acts 3.15 says, you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you killed the Prince of Life. While the devil wants to kill and destroy, God wants to bring life. And any of y'all who have had Christ in your life, you've seen God take something that was destroyed in your life and give it life. Can I get amen? amen. And you've seen God take something that you thought would never flourish and never bring joy and happiness into your life and said, I'm gonna do it all over again. That's what God does. We have to get past where we limit what God can bring life into our, into our life. You say, God can do anything. Satan's kingdom is about disease and death. 
In Luke chapter 13, verse 18, there was a lady who was crippled and bent over, and Jesus wants to heal her on the Sabbath, and they tell him he can't. And he says, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. In other words, he's saying this lady was bound up by the devil. Not all people who are sick are bound up by the devil. Not all people who are mute, deaf, crippled, mentally ill are bound up by the devil. But some of that is spiritual. And the Bible talks about this particular example. It talks about a guy who was mute. A demon came out. He could speak. And all kind of people who had ailments and spirit of infirmities, what the Bible calls, that medicine can't touch. You can give medicine all you want. The demon saying, the medicine is not going to get rid of me. You have to pray me out. And you got to pray me out with something that I got to listen to, which is the name of Jesus Christ. And you better be fasting and praying. Other than that, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. And there are people in your life who are bound up spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, um, and they have all kind of ailments, and it's spiritual. It's all spiritual. And we try to medicate it with physical and psychological healings. By the way, medicine is amazing. Not all of it. Some of it will make you more sick. But there's nothing wrong with medicine as a whole. There's nothing wrong with psychology and counseling. All that is great. However, sometimes it's strictly spiritual. And only a stronger spirit, the spirit of God, can cast out a weaker spirit. But medicine won't. So you've got to pray it out. Um, God's kingdom is about health. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among people. When Jesus healed people, one of the things he was doing was showing that he came from a world where his power was superior to the kingdom of the devil. That's what he was doing. He says, watch this. I'm going to cast out a demon. And, and, and we read the verse in the very beginning that if I cast out the demon by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come to overcome the kingdom of the devil. That's what he was doing. And when you get saved and the God, the presence of God comes into your life and all of a sudden you change and people go, what happened? Oh, I, I went to church. No. <laughs> I prayed a prayer. No. The kingdom of God came in your life. That's what happened. And when, when the kingdom of God comes in your life, you now have a whole different perspective and all authority that God has made available to you to overcome the kingdom of the devil in people's lives and in your own life. Matter of fact, how many of you, by show of hands in all the campuses, how many of you are either sick, you have a physical ailment, a disease, something wrong, anybody? Just raise your hand real high, real high. Real high, let's see it. I'm not trying to call you out, but there's thousands of you, okay? About half of y'all got something up physically, okay? So why don't we pray and ask God to heal you? So here's what we're going to do. Let me be clear. I have no power. I have zero power. I'm just asking God to do, say, to do what he says he wants to do. Now, is he going to heal all of you? I have no idea. My experience is no, but that's just my experience. I have no idea what he's going to do. He may heal none of you, but we're going to ask him because he may say, I want to heal you later. I want to do it a different way. That's all up to him. But what we do is ask. But my hunch is that some of y'all are going to get healed right now. Because what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, you know what? I feel better. <laughs> okay? Is that, are you ready? But you have to be willing to receive it. You have to say, God, I believe. You don't have to say it, but in your heart, I believe. So let's all bow our heads and all the canvases. Bow your heads and close your eyes. 
God, you are the great physician. Yahweh Rafika, you are the Lord who heals. And you tell us to pray, thy ask, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So right now, Holy Spirit, we pray that the health that's in heaven would fill this room and all the campuses listening, all the microsites listening, that there are people with ailments, physical ailments, emotional ailments. They have illness and disease and viruses, hurt knees, backs, spines, carpal tunnel, all kinds of ailments that are a result of a fallen sinful world. But Lord, we pray that you would bring healing, that what's crooked you would make straight, what's wrong you would make right, what's incomplete you would complete, and that you would bring healing to people in such a way that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt God did it. Pastor Miles has no power. It has to be God. So we ask you in Jesus' name that you would bring healing to people listening in all our campuses right now in a way they even know it. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you can test and see if what was hurting is healed. Some of you might have to go to a doctor, but we understand that. But some of you can test my leg, my foot, feel it, move it. Put pressure on it, and if it feels better, like if fe- or your fever went away or your snivels, whatever it is, if you feel like God touched you, just raise your hand real high. God bless you. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, um, thirteen, fourteen, fifty, six. Oh, well, I can't count. Too many all around the room at all levels. Raise your hand up real high, real high, so I can see you. Great dozens of you. Great dozens of you. Lord, thank you so much in all the campuses. We thank you for doing what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things real quick. Uh, If you raise your hand, please tell somebody today what Jesus did for you. Tell them as as in detail as as you can, here's what happened. And it's not about you being healed. It's about you giving glory to God and then saying, if God did that for me, I need to trust him more. And I need to pay it forward and go pray for somebody else. The authority that I have, which I have received from God, you have. It's just in Jesus' name. It's really, that's it. I, 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 don't, I don't have any power. It's, it's just me asking him to do it for you. And you can ask for somebody else. Amen? Now, if you're visiting and saying, well, that, that really didn't happen. Well, I can't. Sorry you think I'm lying. And all these people are fake. <laughs> it happened. Can I get amen to all the people who got healed just now? Can I get amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Satan's kingdom is about uh, uh, confusion and God's kingdom is about clarity and peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. How many of you, had, how many of you have an air of your life that's filled with confusion? That's not from God. So here's, and I'm not blaming you for anything. I, I raised my hand with you, by the way. Uh, what you, you know what you need to do? Just Ask God to bring peace and slow down. Don't overwork yourself to fix it. Lord, give me wisdom. Something's not right. And slow down. And ask God peace. Peace is not quiet as much as order. If you go to the mountains and you hear the wind blowing, the birds burden, tweet, tweet, tweet. The squirrels squirreling, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. (laughs) 
the coyotes coyote, no. <laughs> All that is a lot of stuff, but it's peaceful because it's ordered. God, this is not, there's something wrong here. And when you have chaos, you can almost sense a spiritual unrestness in your heart. Holy Spirit, we pray you bring peace. Thy kingdom come. And then get out of the way. Don't, don't, don't over, only do what God tells you to do to fix it. In the end, he's going to fix it. Amen. The devil's about confusion. God is about order. Satan's kingdom is temporary. God's kingdom is eternal. Revelation eleven fifteen, the seventh angel sounded and there was a loud voices in heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to be like this. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Seeing angels fly around, seven heaven monsters. The seventh angel sounded and there was a loud voice in heaven. And the kingdom saying the kingdoms of this world, the devil's kingdom, have become the kingdoms of our Lord. He conquered them and he shall reign forever. Forever. Amen. Satan's kingdom is about this world. God's kingdom is about another world. 2 Corinthians 4.4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The reason people don't get the gospel, the devil has blinded them. It's not a mental thing. Trust me. It's not mental. In other words, it's not information. Well, you know, logic just says that there's no God. No, logic doesn't say that there is no God. Logic says something had to start all this. Science says something had to start all this. A heart says there is no God. The Bible says a fool says in his heart there is no God, not his mind. It's a spiritual thing. So when you're talking to somebody and you can't get through, it's not here. It's here. That's why you need to pray for them. That God would open up their eyes to their heart and they go, I get it. I get it. God is, Satan's about this world. I was just in Hawaii last week from Monday to Friday at this pastor's conference. And Hawaii is my favorite place of the world that I've been anyway. Um, and Hawaii is awesome, beautiful. Can I get amen? amen? How many of you have never been to Hawaii? It needs to be on your bucket list. And, you know, I'm partial. Don't go to Waikiki. Go someplace where it's chill. As beautiful as Hawaii is, it's ghetto compared to heaven. <laughs> now, don't be offended because if Hawaii's ghetto, what is San Diego, okay? I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> but my point is, is that if you're going to hell, this world is the best you'll ever see. If you're going to heaven, this is the worst you'll ever see. And you can tell people who worship this world because they are putting all their trust in enjoying this world to the max before they die versus investing in the next world before they die. So the God's got you caught up in this world thinking this is all there is. I'm getting paid. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine. And God's saying, no, you don't, you don't want to. You can enjoy it. Please enjoy it. But don't think this is it. There's something better. The, the, the God is of another world. John 8, 23. The Jews said we will kill him because he says, where I go, you cannot go. And Jesus said, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. <laughs> Therefore, I say to you, I will die, you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. 
Jesus, I'm from a whole other place. We haven't seen another place. I remember the first time I went to Hawaii, I was like, wait till you go to heaven. Wait till you go to heaven. Satan has no authority. Jesus has all authority. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The only reason the devil has authority in your life is because you give it to him. You say, okay, I'm going to trust alcohol to make me happy. I'm going to trust pornography to make me happy. I'm going to trust adultery. I'm going to trust beating my wife, yelling at my wife. I'm going to trust racism. I'm going to trust all that to make me feel like I'm somebody. And when you do that, you surrender yourself and give authority to the devil. Versus saying, Lord, I'm going to do it your way and I'm going to submit myself to your authority. God's authority is superior to the devil's authority. But if you stoop down and say, I'm going to live the devil's way, then God says, okay, you're on your own. And he will let the devil destroy your life. And some of you may think, well, I go to church and I pray. How come my life is jacked up? Because you're just going to church and praying. You're not really submitted. You're just going through the motion. Being in this room doesn't make you a Christian. It's like if I lived in my garage, that doesn't mean I'm a car. <laughs> you have to be transformed. <laughs> Living in La Jolla don't make you rich. Don't think just because you got a house on Prospect. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're told, and nothing against La Jolla, for all y'all who are reading into that. <laughs> uh, we are told to avoid Satan's kingdom and to seek God's kingdom. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You, if the devil will not flee unless you resist him, and you can't resist him unless you acknowledge he's there, and you can't resist him successfully unless you resist him with the power of God. So if you're trying to fix all the stuff in your life without God, and the devil's causing it, you're going to lose. You're just going to go around in a circle. You got to say, Jesus, I need your authority in my life. I need to submit myself and be under, in your kingdom. I need to be a citizen of heaven. With all the issues we have in the United States of America, this is, the, this is the only place I want to live. And when I go out of the country, which is not often, when I come back over the border, I am so happy to go through customs and see someone from New York at the custom be rude to me. <laughs> I said, can I hug you, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, hurry up, get through, okay? I'm like, I'm home, I'm home. I'm from New York, so I love that. But I, I, love just, I, I just love the US of A. In the United States, police, I'm like, home. This is my, I want to be a citizen of heaven, though. More than that. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the only thing you should seek is the kingdom of God. I want to be a citizen of heaven. Next week we're going to talk about the difference between the gospel of the cross and the gospel of the kingdom. Do not read into what that means. Just come. Oh, now he's saying the gospel of the cross is not right. I didn't say that. Your judgmental mind said that. But we need, to, we need to know the gospel of the kingdom. So you could be a citizen of the kingdom, not someone who prayed a prayer. Lastly, you were born into the devil's kingdom. Ooh. Ephesians 2. He, Jesus, made you alive spiritually who were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you walked or conducted yourself according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among 
whom also you will once conducted yourselves in lust and flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. What does that mean? That when you were born of your parents who were sinners, because every human is a sinner, you were born a sinner and the penalty of sin is death. If you have any question that you're a sinner or that you were a sinner when you were a little kid, just go to the nursery or see a bunch of little kids play and just wait. <laughs> One of those little kids is going to jack up another little kid. And they're going to cry, mommy, he did this to me. And the other one's going to lie, no, I didn't. And they just did it right in front of you. They're sinners. Does that mean they're evil, bad, whatever? No, they're just sinners. That's what we were born into. And then when we get old, we get more slick about our sin. We put makeup on our sin. We put nice clothes on our sin and bling on our sin. We make it look attractive and we rationalize and explain away and we justify it because we get more intelligent about our sin because the devil is a master and he's a genius. God is smarter. Jesus said, you were born into that kingdom, you need to be reborn again. John 3.3, 3, last verse. Unless one is born again. Everyone say again. again. Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. One of those born-againers, those are people who used to be in the devil's kingdom and they got born into God's kingdom. Those are people who were born of a man and a woman. They came out of the womb and they were, had a sin nature and they realized that they needed their sin nature surrendered to a holy God. And that they needed a heavenly father who was perfect. And they asked Christ to be their savior. However, once they did that, they belonged to a different kingdom. And they learned how to be a citizen of that kingdom. Being born again does not mean you pray a prayer and you come to church. It means your life is being transformed into the image of God. In a minute we're going to pray and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, I don't want to be in the devil's kingdom. I don't want to have a toe in the devil's kingdom. I want to get out of that kingdom. That kingdom's about death, disease, chaos, destruction, deceitfulness. And it's temporary. He, that kingdom's going to be destroyed. I want to be in an eternal kingdom that's about life and joy and peace and kindness and, and gentleness and eternal life in heaven with God. Now, some of you have never asked Christ to be your Savior. You need to be born again. And some of you prayed the prayer, but you're living in this kingdom. You still got all that in your life. And God's calling you to a relationship 24-7. So in a minute, we're going to pray. You're going to have an opportunity to say, I want to be in God's kingdom. I don't want to have anything to do with the devil's kingdom. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords. We thank you that you love us, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross and rise from the dead. Lord, we want to be members and citizens of your kingdom. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. As you listen to my voice, if you want to be born again or you just want to recommit your life to God's kingdom, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God. I denounce the devil's kingdom. 
I repent of my sin. Jesus, please fill my heart with the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God. I surrender my life to you. I want to be a citizen of God's kingdom. I submit to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. As all of our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, you may be a saved Christian wanting more commitment, or you may be getting saved for the first time. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. By standing, you are making public confession to your prayer and your submission to God. But if you're part of God's kingdom, you have nothing to be ashamed of and everything to be proud of and excited about to tell the world. So when I ask you to stand, you should not be ashamed. Jesus said that his sheep, his children, know his voice. And when he calls you, you respond. So when I count to three, if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to stand up in all the campuses, spontaneously stand to your feet. If you prayed that prayer, on the count of three, one, two, three. Just stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. Eyes closed, heads bowed. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We see you all over the room. God bless you. We see you in the balcony as well on all levels. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Very, very good. Very good. We'll be in. God bless you. Anybody else stand to your feet? God bless you. Now I'm going to ask all you who are standing in a minute to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you have to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. And while they do that, we want to encourage them and cheer for them. So if you're right now, if you're standing up, come out of your seat, come down to the altar and let's give them a hand as they come on down. Amen. 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 God bless you. Stay right there, sir. Stay right there. Come forward. Everyone come forward. God bless you. 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 Hey, God bless you. Amen. about, I want you to think about what kingdom you live in every day. And when you see stuff that's chaotic or uh, death, gossip is death, disease, I want you to say, Lord, I pray thy kingdom come. And when you see people who are sick, this is, if God can open up your eyes when you drive home, you see someone homeless walk on the street, that God would love those people to have a home. Amen. God bless you. 